0: You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League,
1: powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, Monday edition. We're breaking down everything that happened on Sunday. Takeaways from week seven and make our picks for Monday Night Football. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the league of football watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching at BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me, the scout, Matt Williamson at Williamson in F L. Uh, I want to bring this story in because it happened after Friday and there, there tends to be at least one story every week that breaks Friday afternoon after we record our last podcast of the week and it was a pretty big bit of news and that is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who just put 45 points up on the Raiders added another weapon on offense to go with uh kind of a crazy amount of weaponry they already have on offense in Antonio Brown so let's talk about Brown for a second and then get into this game where uh, the Bucs routed the Raiders in Las Vegas 45-20.
1: Yeah I mean he's we haven't seen him in a little while, but the last couple times we did, once in New England, and then his, his final season, and particularly his final game as a Steeler, people don't remember this, I'm just a Steeler dork, that it was week 16 before he went crazy to end the year. He just abused the Saints, who were one of the best defenses in the league. Every time we've seen him lately, he's been awesome. I think he's rivals Julio Jones as the best receiver of this generation. So... I think he brings a lot of football to the table. I mean, again, I'm speculating because we haven't seen him play lately. But one thing I know about AB – well, I know a couple things about him. But one good thing I know about AB is he is a relentless worker. I mean, like, they had to hide his cleats from him. Those type of things. Like, he will work and work and work. So I bet he has kept up with route running and all these type of things. And Brady loves him. I mean, that's a pretty ringing endorsement from a football perspective. Um, I think he's going to help this team a lot. And I know the Raiders had kind of a tough week and, you know, practice wise and COVID and all these type of things, but they were pretty much overwhelmed by the box who Tampa, it, it, Tampa's in a good place. I mean, Brady to me looks very comfortable. He's throwing with great accuracy, anticipation, spreading the ball around. I mean, Scotty Miller's your leading receiver. You don't even need Mike Evans. Fournette starts to get back and involved, but it's not like you have to lean on any one guy. Godwin's a stud. Gronk, to me, looks much better than at the beginning of the year yeah. in terms of movement and football shape. And then you throw A.B. in the mix, and one of the top couple defenses in the league, Tampa's really good
0: suddenly the tight ends are getting involved in that offense too. So you've got touchdowns for Gronk, Godwin, uh, Scotty Miller. Is the Scotty Miller story going to be over though now when Antonio Brown shows up?
1: Probably. Yeah,
0: that's a rough one. The
1: odd thing is Mike Evans doesn't catch any balls ever anymore.
0: Yeah, it's a two catches for 37 yards. I mean, it's an embarrassment of riches. Like, I don't think Antonio Brown is something, and we talked about this with the Seahawks when he was rumored to go there. It was like, is he a pass rusher? And we saw the Seahawks on Sunday Night Football. <laughs> we'll get to that game in a second. They got literally zero quarterback hits, zero sacks on Kyler Murray. They needed defensive help. I'm looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think they need less help on defense, obviously, than the Seahawks do, but I don't think they need more help on offense. And this was obviously a Tom Brady signing, but... Could this potentially go wrong? You're already putting up 45 points in a game, and we just rattled off all their weapons. They got Fournette and Jones running the ball. Do they need Antonio Brown? Could this, in the end, hurt them potentially in the locker room?
1: They don't need Antonio Brown. I mean, I think they could win the Super Bowl with this roster that keeps getting better. Brady Gronk, these guys are new pieces, keep improving. Um But yeah, I mean, certainly it could do more harm than good. I mean, he's a volatile guy, to say the least. I mean, again, I'm being generous with my description. Um, He, I think he's at that near-death career experience, though, where he's going to be a good boy at least until the end of this contract.
0: And it is good that he at least got a game in with the Patriots last year, so it hasn't been like two years since he's played and he right, played right. with Tom Brady last year so they they've at least known what he looked like recently and i would assume he's in fairly good shape you talked about his work ethic uh sometimes maniacal in in that regard i think which which makes him also some somewhat of a weirdo trying to paint his old helmet and you know the the foot injury where they had to hide his cleats so he wouldn't get back on the field and practice on an injury um here's what's interesting though cuz this is absolutely a Tom Brady signing right bruce arian's back in march on antonio brown coming to tampa bay had a quote they said, yeah, it's not going to happen. There's no room and probably not enough money, but it's not going to happen. It's not a fit here. I just know him, and it's not a fit in our locker room. He's too much of a diva. That's the, that's the head coach. He just signed him. That's the head that's, coach. He coached him crazy. in Pittsburgh.
1: Right. And that was early years, A.B., before he got to be a star and became a real diva.
0: I don't want to spend too much time on Antonio Brown yeah, in this yeah. football game, change, but um, and we've got to get to a ton of games here, but impressive by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They certainly don't need Antonio Brown. I don't know what that's going to do to your fantasy football team. If you have Mike Evans, who's already only caught two balls in this game, Scotty Miller, who's probably been a boon for your fantasy football team, or Chris Godwin, so we'll see how things shake out there on offense in Tampa Bay. Here's the last thought I have on this. Were the Buccaneers, in a way... Not only trying to add Antonio Brown, but trying to maybe play keep away from, say, the Saints who are banged up at wide receiver or the Seahawks who they might see in the playoffs.
1: Or maybe Green Bay.
0: Or Green Bay, right.
1: Like, that's one that actually needed them, you know? And They were never rumored, but yeah, there could be some of that. Like, we'd rather have them deal with them than play against them.
0: Let's keep this going. Uh, we mentioned the Seahawks, so let's go to the game that's freshest in my mind, Sunday Night Football. Which, oh, and by the way, Matt, that was one of our picks was the Buccaneers. Uh, Your picks, in fact, Buccaneers minus three over the Raiders. So a big win here. We had four and a push. So we were four, one and one this week. So a good showing for Peacock and Williamson. Another pick was the Seahawks minus three and a half over the Cardinals. This was a loss, Matt. I liked the pick and it looked like, I mean, I was confident this was going to be a win even in overtime. And we saw the DK (laughs) Metcalf play. They got called back for a hold and I thought, well, there it is. And that's going over. And in the end, it just didn't happen. And we saw the rare Russell Wilson mistake that led to a Cardinals 37-34 victory over the Seahawks.
1: Yeah, a whale of a game. I mean, two super exciting quarterbacks. I'm sure, no pun intended because they're short, Kyler looks up to Wilson a great deal. He should. He's kind of paved the way for him. Um, You mentioned Wilson. He played awesome. He made amazing throws, MVP-like stuff. But I, I do think the picks, the interceptions, were probably the difference in this game. Even though DK Metcalf, holy smokes, saved seven points by, you wow. know, tracking down the interception. Like I mean, Ben Watson way back when, but yeah. better. Like imagine that guy coming after you for hundred yards. Um, but give the Cards credit. I, I'm I'm hard on the Cardinals. They're a good football team. Um, you mentioned this this Seattle pass rush. I know Wilson cures all things that ail you, but when you look at the best teams in the league, the top five, the top six i don't know that any of them have a weakness as bad as seattle's pass rush
0: i came away with this game thinking uh is a little bit of a paper tiger at with an undefeated 5-0 record leading the nfc west because their defense is going to be a problem for them you can't ask russell wilson to do everything uh and they can't stop anybody on defense and we saw the Cardinals fight right back in this game in the second half and um, and win that game. And they had no business winning that game with what we saw in the first half. So zero sacks, as I mentioned earlier, for the Seahawks front on Kyler Murray. Zero quarterback hits. That's a huge problem for the Seahawks going forward. And here's another quick little nugget for the NFC West. So the NFC West right now: Seahawks five and one, Cards five and two, Rams four and two, Niners. We'll talk about them in a second, four and three. All good records, but their opponents have been the AFC East and the NFC East. Right now in the NFC West, the only wins over teams that have a winning record, the Seahawks have zero wins over teams with a winning record. The Cardinals have two wins over teams with a winning record. The Niners and Seahawks, both in the West. Rams have zero wins over teams with winning records. Niners have one. Could change tonight. Could change tonight, yes. We've got Bears and Rams. And then we've got the Niners who have one win over teams with a winning record, which is the Rams. So the only teams they've beaten that are over 500 are the teams in the NFC West who are beating up on bad yeah. competition, so I think we still don't really know what these NFC West teams are all about. I think they're all pretty good, so I'm not saying that, but the only good teams they've played are each other.
1: Yeah, it's very noteworthy, and obviously, divisional records when it's all said and done is gonna you know, have a lot to do with playoff seedings who gets in, who gets out. Uh, last little nugget, though, so I can't forget talking about Tyler Lockett last night. Holy oh, smokes. wow! I mean, yeah. What a what a performance he put on. Wow.
0: Pretty so, am, pretty amazing uh so Tyler Lockett 15 catches, 200 yards. He got over 200. the 200-yard 200 mark and three touchdowns. And it's amazing the impact that Tyler Lockett had in that game. And then the impact that DK Metcalf had. You mentioned on that uh that I, it was well, it, for a while it was a game-saving tackle. They still ended up losing that yeah. game, but he only had caught two balls and he was singled up with Patrick Peterson who did a really good job. I think he's a perfect sort of a corner to put on D.K. Metcalf if you have a Patrick Peterson. And not many people have a Hall of Fame caliber sort of a cover guy uh, to to man up on D.K. Metcalf. But he only had two catches, but the impact he had on the game was still huge, too. So um, I mean, the offense is scary in Seattle, but they've got to do something about that, D.
1: They do. They do. And it looked like Chris Carson got hurt. It looked like Kenny Drake got hurt, too. So a little nuggets there for the running back position.
0: Let's keep this going. We'll, we'll have to go more rapid fire here, Matt, on some of these. We've got a few more of our picks to check in on and the rest of the Sunday games coming up on Peacock and Williamson. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. I've talked about it before. I watch all day long football. It is my job, and I uh, take notes, and I watch every single game that I can, then I go back later in the week and watch every single bit of games that I missed and stuff that um, I want to go back and watch with the 49ers. So I need a lot of refreshment Sundays. And Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. So here we go, Matt, and we don't have to spend a ton of time on these, but I mentioned the NFC West there and the picture in the West. I mean, it's going to be a four way tie in the NFC West is what it's looking like right now. Niners get the Seahawks next week after a couple of huge wins, beating the Rams last week. Now they come in. I got a W on this. I had the Niners getting two points over the Patriots. That Patriots roster is awful. And the 49ers did a number 33-6 Thirty-three to six win over the New England Patriots. That's the worst loss Belichick has ever had at home since becoming head coach of the Pats.
1: Well, yeah, and I'm not taking anything away from your Niners. Quality win, played the way they want to. Uh, they are an ascending team that, I, as I've mentioned, I think have gotten over their rough stretch. The Patriots are horrible. You, you know how I, I put out a power ranks like late on Sunday night. I put them at twenty-six. Like that's amazing for me to do. Cam Newton looks lost. There's nothing on offense. I mean, Newton to me looks like someone you signed with no practice time that may or may not fit the system. That got COVID recently and <laughs> has nothing around him.
0: Like, Which is exactly what it is. Yeah. Going wrong. <laughs> yeah. Right. No. That's and the the COVID <laughs> thing is actually something that. We haven't about talked like, about, but I mean, right. even if it was just any sort of a, a bad illness, I mean, that could linger for a while. So a, a lot and he doesn't have weapons at all. I mean, they were getting no. locked, there. There's nobody open. He was they were getting locked down by a, a really banged up 49ers secondary They're without Richard Sherman. And the Niners were without both of their starting safeties, even though their backups did a pretty good job and they got a really athletic third rounder from a couple of years ago in Tarverius Moore to to fit in there at free safety. So a nice luxury to have depth-wise for the 49ers there. But um, that was just a, a thoroughly dominating effort on both sides of the ball for the 49ers over the Pats. And yeah, I'm with you, man. The, the Patriots are definitely deep in the bottom half of the league roster-wise. And I don't even know if Bill Belichick can pull them out of this thing.
1: No, I don't see any light down the tunnel. It's not like... Boy, they got a good lot of good young guys that could step up. They really don't. It's a bad roster.
0: Let's go with the last one of your picks, Matt. It was a big W for you, getting two and a half points with the Lions uh, beating the Falcons, twenty-three to twenty.
1: Didn't I pick the Steelers too?
0: I picked the Steelers. Yeah, I picked the Steelers. Remember, I I stole the Steelers from you. Yeah, so we got the Steelers with the W as well.
1: (laughs) As for the Lions game, it'll be a a quickie for me, but it's kind of what I thought they were that. Both these teams are pretty similar. They got some big-time weapons. They got an aging but solid quarterback, questionable defense. I expected more points than we actually got. I thought we might get into the the high 50s. But I thought the Lions were a slightly better team. And then for betting reasons, you get points. It's like, yeah, I'll take Detroit.
0: Basically, go back to our episode we picked on Friday – and listen to that and you explain right. exactly what happened. So I don't know if we have to go into much detail there with the like Lions. If you look
1: at that box score, it's about as even a game as you can see and that's what it looked like on the field and it was 23-22.
0: Yep, and you picked the team getting <laughs> points and you won that one. And uh, the Lions creeping up to 500 now, the Falcons at 1 and 6. Let's go to that Steelers game you mentioned, and I think we nailed that one as well, although the Titans came roaring back in that game, and it was a little dicey there for a minute. Uh, the Steelers getting one point for me, and I did steal that pick from you on Friday. I apologize for that one, but uh, that, that was a good one. The Steelers now the only undefeated left in the NFL at 6-0, beating the Titans 27-24. Titans now no longer undefeated at 5-1. Yeah,
1: and Goskowski missed a field goal that wasn't mm-hmm. the real, real far one. that would have sent the overtime Tennessee was clearly the better team in the second half. The Steelers were clearly the better team in the first half. Uh, The discrepancy was greater in Pittsburgh. I'm not going to say it quite that way, and I'm going to sound like the Steelers homer this way. The second half was a lot more competitive. The first half, the Steelers destroyed them. And you play a playoff team like Tennessee, and you lose the turnover battle by three turnovers – You should lose every time. And without those, I don't think this game would have been close. But Ben put the ball in harm's way several times through three picks. And that kept it very close. And I'm I'm not taking any away from the Titans. They played really well as it got later. A.J. Brown's a stud. Um, But they didn't get the running game going. And uh, Pittsburgh was the better team that made some mistakes and made it close.
0: I think it was a good sign for the Titans to be able to prove against a really good defense that they could hang in the second half and and fight back. And both of these teams are obviously going to be in it in the end in the AFC. I think that's the big takeaway for me with this game. A couple of good football teams. And yeah, oh yeah, uh, A.J. Brown, that long touchdown. Six catches, 153 yards in a a tutty. So if you know there was some up and down with A.J. Brown, some injuries early in the season, I mean, he is plug and play now on your fantasy teams, I think, the rest of the way looking good.
1: I love him. I I, I think he's in the competition for if I could have any wide receiver right now to build my team around, he'd be near the top of the list.
0: Near the top. Absolutely. Man, that 2019 wide receiver class coming through in a big way right now. Very talented group of receivers. Let's go to our last six pack selection, which was my pick of the Browns minus three over the Bengals. Speaking of missed kicks. I had this one. You missed the extra point uh, at the end of the game (laughs) with that Browns comeback. And so instead of being a win for me, it was a push, end up being a three-point win for the Browns, 37-34, that darn missed kick. This is our first push of the entire season of our picks, by the way. They've all been wins and and losses. This was a push for me. But uh, the Browns coming back and lost Odell Beckham, which is the big story here for the season with a torn ACL that has been confirmed now this morning. Uh, Browns. A big loss in Beckham, but a big win on the field against the Bengals, 5-2 and two now, 37-34 Browns over the 1-5 and five Bengals.
1: Yeah, and I think the Browns deserve the win. The shootout in Ohio here, the 24th quarter points, Baker was very, very sharp for much of the game, a high percentage of the game. He was deadly accurate. Uh, I've been hard on Baker, and I'm not going to take any that back, but. A lack of pass rush made that um, enabled that much more. But hey, clean pocket and he's delivering the football where it needs to go. Well, I think he deserves credit for that. I think you have to mention Burrow too. I mean, no Joe Mixon, poor offensive line, and he just passes every test every week. And the circumstances around him right now, without much of a running game, are not that advantageous for
0: him. Yeah, good and weapons. Every yeah. He passes every test. I think that's a great yeah. way to put it for Joe Burrow. And you don't want your rookie dropping back and throwing the ball no. 47 times, but he handled it. 406 and passing yards, three touchdowns. He did have the interception. You got a guy like Miles Garrett coming after you and you you lose another one of your offensive linemen uh in this game. So, you know, they need to protect Burrow and even if they're losing games, lean on the running game. I know Giovanni Bernard is your running back now and it's not Joe Mixon, but I don't like this dropping back 47 times per game for Joe Burrow in his rookie season. Uh, we talked about somebody asked about Derek Carr last week, if is going to become J- Derek Carr. And I don't think he is, but you have to make sure he doesn't become that and protect him as much as possible, because uh, yeah. this is a season where you're not going to win a lot of games, protect your darn young quarterback. Tyler Boyd, 11 catches 101 yards and a touchdown, by the way.
1: He's just super solid. I mean, he's, uh, I think him and Burrow have a great relationship as well as Higgins. Um, it's, a, it's a good group. I, The Bengals' offseason is going to be crucial. If they could add two offensive linemen and another defensive piece or two so that they can play a script that's more advantageous to winning and putting teams away, I think they could really start going in the right direction. And this year, Burroughs passing every test.
0: A couple more notes. Baker Mayfield, you mentioned how on point he was, and definitely later in the game, ended up throwing five touchdown passes. He was a little off early. A good sign there for him, even without Odell to get back on track, and then... Uh, be very accurate in the second half and bring that team back. Um, AJ Green trade deadline. It doesn't sound like he's going to go anywhere because there was reports that the Bengals are asking astronomical for all of their players, which is a classic Bengals thing. They always never yeah. make any trades, even though there's so many trades that make sense for them to pull off.
1: And it makes me crazy. I mean, but that's, I've been told that by very good sources, it's become more and more public knowledge that if you're going to trade with the Bengals, you got to pay $150 on the dollar, or $150 on the dollar, and it's just like, um, come on, guys. You know, your, your your talent's not that great. This would be a good move for both of us, but that's the Brown family for you.
0: Let's keep this going with the Panthers and the Saints. The Saints were favored by seven in this one. Then you find out that they uh, lost Emmanuel Sanders before the game as well. Uh, Saints able to pull this one out, though, 27-24. Improving to 4-2 and now, beating the Panthers.
1: Yeah, my my early takeaways, without thinking in this game too much, was this was a very fun back-and-forth, pretty evenly matched game. You mentioned the Saints were a little short on receivers. Panthers were not. They have a good group. Um, But to me, this is kind of a win for both teams. Like I think the Saints are ready to start taking that step of, we're one of the best teams in the league. Get Michael Thomas back, although he doesn't seem happy. There's some weird things going on down there. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about later in the week. It's just odd. And the Panthers, to me, are kind of like Burrow, you know, passing every test. You know, for where we thought they would be, they're hanging with good teams. They're not a joke.
0: I can't remember what you said on Friday. Did you have Marquez Calloway as the leading receiver for the Saints? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Eight <laughs> catches for 75 yards. Alvin Kamara right behind him. Eight catches for 65. Kamara doing his... Uh, just doing his thing in the in the fantasy football world, being rock solid. One of the uh, offensive player of the year candidates, I think, for the Saints and helping them out. A couple of touchdowns, a long seventy-four yarder for DJ Moore on the other side. I liked what I've seen from Teddy Bridgewater all season long, really, for the Panthers. He's uh, exceeded yep. my expectations there in Carolina, which is one of the reasons why I think they've you know exceeded most expectations with their record, even though they dropped below five hundred now. At three and four. The one thing I worry about with the Saints, and I get the injuries on offense and not having their receivers, I'm worried about their secondary. On paper, they have way too good of a secondary for the way they've looked this year. I think the defense is the side of the ball that the Saints need to get right, because they should be playing a lot better.
1: Yeah, I thought this would be a very good defense. I still think it's a chance to be better in the second half of the season than the first. But you're right, it's just been okay. And, you know, it's it's, it's been a little lackluster, to be honest with you.
0: All right, we'll finish up the Sunday games and preview a little bit of Monday Night Football coming up on Peacock and Williamson. You know how much I love Built Bars. We've talked about them for a while on the show, and if you want the opportunity to buy a box of Built Bars for 20% off, well, I've got a deal for you. And they have a ton of new flavors of Built Bars as well. To go along with their 12 original flavors. Bars are covered in delicious 100% real chocolate, not some brown-colored sugary substance. This is legit chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are great for the health conscious folks out there. If you're trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Bars are low in calories, low sugar, high in protein, high fiber, even great for keto diets. You go with the new cookies and cream flavor, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories and four grams of sugar. One of my favorite flavors is the peanut butter. 19 grams of protein in that one, only 5 grams of sugar. So go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. I got to give props to our guys at the Action Network. We have Chris Raybon join us every Thursday making their best bets for the Sunday games, their Sunday six pack. And I raise my eyebrows when they selected the Jets, and I believe it was his co-host on the Action Network podcast, Stucky, that made the pick of the Jets, but they were getting 13.5 points over the Bills, and for the first time this season, the Jets have covered the spread, and even though they lost 18-10 to to the Bills, big win there for the Action Network in our head-to-head six-packs. Jets fall to 0-7. They did have a lead at halftime, by the way, in this game. The Bills improved to 5-2. and
1: Yeah, and some takeaways from here is obviously... I would say this was the Jets' best performance of the year. Sam Darnold came back, not that he's Johnny Unitas or anything. Um, This was not really a good look for the Bills. But there's a couple things when you dig into it that stand out to me that were were crucial. I mean, first of all, the Bills kept them to 3.7 yards per play, which is a horrible number for an offense. And Buffalo's D has struggled and played really well in this game. But really the difference in the scoreboard was – Buffalo really had a tough time on third downs and red zone. Their their numbers in those two stats were just brutal. And they controlled the football. They were the better team. But the scoreboard didn't show it because of those crucial down and distance situations.
0: Another takeaway here that might have helped the Jets, especially early, and you mentioned their offense didn't really do much in the end. A couple of picks for Darnold, no touchdown passes. Michael Ryan, the rookie running back, did get a touchdown. But Adam Gase gave up play calling duties so maybe that's something that could be and i saw that and i was like oh man are the jets gonna screw this thing up and 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 win a game and and not get trevor lawrence which is what this team i think really needs and needs to go in that direction and and build their roster in the image of joe douglas and i like the way they're going with that first draft under joe douglas speaking of denzel mims making his debut for the new york jets rookie second round wide receiver out of baylor Four catches for 42 yards, seven targets, led the team in targets. So uh, that's something to look out for. Maybe, yep. maybe a sneaky little pickup on your fantasy football waiver wire if he's going to be the the leading leading target getter for a team that's going to be thrown from behind in a lot of football games.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're we're looking for encouraging signs here, and there's nowhere right. to go but up. So that's as good a spot to start as any.
0: The Washington football team doing a number on. Man, Dallas Cowboys are not again in a good situation yeah. right now. Both teams now at two and five Washington 25 Dallas Cowboys three.
1: Yeah. I mentioned the Jets had just 3.7 yards per play, which is really, really bad. Dallas was at 2.6 in this game. I mean, can't block anybody. Dalton gets hurt. Defense is bad. Uh, they're, A horrible football team. I put him 31st in my power ranks. I put him behind Jacksonville, you know, all the other teams in that division. Uh, It's bad. I I don't know what else to take of it. I mean, give Washington some credit. Um, They ran for over 200 yards on the ground and and just controlled the game from the start. This wasn't a competitive game.
0: You hate seeing the injury to Dalton, and it was a dirty play. It was a late hit, and it was it John Bostic? Who was it? that got ejected for that one, as he should have. Uh, a Ben DiNucci sighting in this game, and he actually played okay. Uh, he only threw the ball three times, but uh, completed two of those. And a lot of people, and this is how fans get, but I remember Ben DiNucci was the guy who was like, hey, this is the next Tony Romo, undrafted guy coming out of nowhere. <laughs> so some fans actually got excited to see Ben DiNucci. I don't know if is going to lead this team anywhere. I don't know how long Andy Dalton's going to be out, but the Dallas Cowboys are in a bad place. I think roster wise on defense, especially, they If they don't get their quarterback situation solidified here, then they can't use their offensive weapons, which is where the strength of this team is. Their offensive line, which was a strength of this team, is now battered and bruised and hurt and and not playing well. I don't see this thing going well the rest of the way for the Dallas Cowboys, unfortunately, for them. And then mentally, it starts to wear you down and seeps into the locker room, which is where things have a chance to really unravel. The Packers defeating the Texans 35 20 pack now five and one tied with those Chicago bears for first place in the NFC North. The bears can take back over sole possession of first place on Monday night football. The Texans falling to one and six. And if it wasn't for the jets, I might say that the Texans are the team that I think has the best chance to earn the first pick in the draft, which they don't own.
1: I mean, Miami's loving this and I think Watson's playing well, but man, they don't run the ball with any consistency Houston's defense is really bad. Green Bay kind of jumped up on them and just, you know, smothered them out. I mean, this was a very easy win by NFL standards for the Packers. Nice rebound game for them. Like we mentioned with Lockett, I think we have to bring up Devontae Adams. 13 catches for 196. I mean, just in two touchdowns, just torturing a bad defense. Um, Rogers made it look easy, too.
0: I wanted to mention it with the the last game, too against the Cowboys, and everyone goes big on the Cowboys, so start your your players to go up against that Cowboys defense, but Terry McLaurin uh, hasn't had the season that I think a lot of people expected in his second year, but a nice game from him. But you're right, Devontae Adams is so huge with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's one of the best connections in the NFL, maybe the best connection right now in the NFL. 13 catches, 196 yards, and those pair of touchdowns, just doing a number on that Texan's defense uh, let's keep this moving here with the Chiefs and the Broncos a blowout win for Kansas City in Denver 43-16
1: yeah again if the Chiefs are going to get two returns for touchdowns Mahomes doesn't really have to do much to win <laughs> you know what I mean like if you're going to give this team that kind of gift you're going to be really a swimming upstream to beat Kansas City And Drew Locke excites me. I mean, good and bad, very volatile. Uh, He's going to work through some things, but uh, this wasn't a very close game, obviously.
0: This wasn't the best resume game for Drew Locke either. No, And wow, what an odd box score for a team to put up 43 points. The Chiefs didn't even need to step on the gas on offense. The big takeaway, though, from the Chiefs' offense to me is what we had already talked about. And if you listen to this show and you didn't take our advice, it might be too late now to sell high on rookie running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and get a monster return. Le'Veon Bell with six carries, 39 yards, gaining six and a half yards per carry. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, eight carries, 46 yards. He did get the touchdown, but Le'Veon Bell's going to eat into CHE's usage, at least enough to make an impact, and maybe a lot. Borderline committee backfield.
1: Yeah, and what's crazy, too, back to the box score is, like, they won 43 to 16, and those two combined for what, like 14 carries? <laughs> and they've been carrying yeah. the ball like crazy lately, you know? But I do think Bell's going to be a big factor in this offense, fantasy relevant, as well as helping a great offense
0: get even better. The Justin Herbert train uh-huh. continues to roll. The rookie quarterback impressive at every turn 347 yards, three touchdown passes as the Chargers improve to two and four, beating the Jaguars 39 29.
1: Yeah. And keeping up with the theme of, you know, stud receivers, having studly days, Keenan Allen was that guy. He has been all year. Uh, he's certainly Herbert's whoopee and against a bad defense, he just tortured him over and over. Herbert gets his first win as a professional played very, very well is extremely impressive throwing the football and just everything he brings to the table. um, On the other side, though, I kind of want to give Minshew and James Robinson a little credit. You know, I made the joke on Friday that, you know, the six-round pick at quarterback and the undrafted free agent running back aren't aren't able to uh, carry your offense, and we're all shocked by that. But uh, (laughs) they both played reasonably well. I mean, I thought they kept it close and did about as much in their power as they possibly could.
0: And there was a report that actually came out before the game Sunday morning that was an odd one that said Gardner Minshew, if he doesn't play well this week, could be in jeopardy of losing his starting job. And I'm thinking, okay, Mike Glennon's going to do what for your franchise, right? Like that's just an odd story. So if we see Mike Glennon, that might be the I first indicator. I think
1: indicated. the Lucek guy is the guy that they're excited about. The rookie, the young oh, guy. Oh, uh, Jake Luton. Lucek. Luton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: okay. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah, I guess and maybe you need to evaluate him. Okay. If they I was thinking if they go to that would Glennon, more sense of Glennon. Yeah, absolutely. And you're just you're trying to evaluate before you have a really high pick and maybe have to use that on a quarterback. Okay. I can buy that at least. But if I'm another team and they go away from Gardner Minshew, that might be a nice little at least stopgap starter for a team that's that's trying to draft a quarterback. I don't know. I uh
1: doesn't he seem like Ryan Fitzpatrick for the next 12 years?
0: He does, yeah, and and I think we saw He's that fine. earlier on in the season where you see the, the, the facial hair and the attitude, and yeah. I mean, if he plays into his late 30s, I think Gardner Minshew would take that at this point and have a chance to still be starting games late in his career.
1: Yeah, I mean, play for a bunch of teams, get in a handful of starts every year until the young guy shows up, put up good numbers, retire a multimillionaire.
0: Not so bad not a bad yeah <laughs> when you put it that right. way right. not bad okay that's that's acceptable i think uh let's get to this monday night football game we've got the five and one bears at the four and two rams rams favored by six in this one even though those bears leading the nfc north what do you think here are you are you finally are you finally going to be justified in your as uh as our listeners would say on twitter as your hate for the chicago bears
1: Wow, this seems, it's, I love the number. I'm going to take the Rams to win. I do think the Rams are the better football team. But I have a lot of respect for the Bears' defense. You know, I look on the other side, though, and think, boy, Allen Robinson is such a good player, but he's going to get Jalen Ramsey in this game. Um, Aaron Donald is going to go bonkers on national TV against the interior, that bad Rams-Bears line. <sighs> I don't I don't see how the Bears win it. I might eat those words tomorrow because they keep winning and they are better than I think. I've thought. So I do lay that out there. I'll lay the six. I just think there's more weapons and some good matchups in the Rams favor when Chicago has the ball.
0: I'll take the points. I'll go with the Bears because I've been wrong in the Bears too many times. And it's time for me to start believing in the Bears. And we've talked about it all along. We saw it with the Seahawks and it bit them this week. Finally. The Bears can play defense, and that's so important in the NFL right now. So uh, the Bears at least can keep it close within a couple of field goals, and I think they can absolutely win this game. I don't think that's a crazy thought. So, yeah, I'll I'll take those points, and I'll take the Chicago Bears to beat the Rams. And by the way, again, the Rams— we, we talked about the NFC West teams and haven't beat teams that are over 500 that are non-division teams. The Rams had one chance earlier this year lost to the Bills already. So I think this is a good indicator of where the Rams are if they can go beat a team that's playing some good football right now.
1: I think it would be a big statement win, win for the Rams without question. And, you know, I, I, I wasn't really talking about it enough through a betting perspective, but it probably will be a low-scoring game. And if a team's getting six, that's a lot in an under type of game. I just don't love the matchups for Chicago tonight.
0: And by the way, if the Bears can get after Goff, Goff not great under pressure, which is a huge key and they here. They probably so will. Give me those Chicago Bears. We'll see, and we'll break it all down tomorrow on the Peacock and Williamson show. We've got our two minute warning coming up tomorrow. Hit those questions. We're going to tackle every division in the NFL at BD Peacock on Twitter at Williamson NFL. We've got our stock up, stock down later in the week, and then we'll get back into our picks for looking ahead at Week Eight. Right here, Peacock and Williamson.